Drip? Drip. That's the same thing, yeah? Like, no, it's not. I thought well, drip no. is clothes. Yeah, n- n- no. Drip means... I heard you got to be like, you're drippy today. Which no, I, don't say that. That's Ew, that sounds gross. I agree. No, that... Mm, Someone I, told me, like, that person's looking drippy. How old was that person that told you that? It was his first year who said that. Yeah, probably like a 19-year-old. <laughs> Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today I have another student ambassador, someone who served on our first year veterinary experience staff to welcome our freshman, Antonio Montiero. How was that? That was good. That was perfect. Was it perfect? I'm very impressed. How would you say it? Uh, Monteiro, Antonio Monteiro. So it wasn't perfect. I mean, it was close enough. Antonio Monteiro. Yeah, it's the E before the I, Monteiro. Monteiro. Okay. (laughs) Antonio, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. The reason I asked Antonio to be on the podcast is we had some fantastic conversations over our summer training experience. So, why don't you just first start by telling them where you're from, where did you do your undergrad, and then we'll kind of get into what we chatted about this summer. Okay, sounds good. Hello, everyone. It's nice to meet you, everyone. Um, I'm originally from Brazil, Sao Paulo. I moved to Orlando, Florida when I was about 10. Um, been there since then, and then I went to uh, UCF, University of Central Florida, for my undergrad, and then I applied to UF for vet school, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and talk about what you did this summer in our training. Will you go ahead and tell them what was required of you? What kinds of activities did you have to do to help prepare you to welcome these new students in? We did a lot of uh, exercises and like just kind of being able to communicate and express your feelings and also understand other people's feelings and emotions. And I think that just left us really well equipped to communicate and talk to the newcoming freshmen who you know, are going are gonna to be going through all kinds of emotions. They're going to mm. be excited, nervous, scared. They're going to be, they can't wait. They're going to be anxious. So I think, you know, if I'm giving a synopsis of what we did, I think it would just be to kind of be able to dive into ourselves to further learn our own emotions and how we may communicate those emotions. And then through that process, we also learn how to explore other people's emotions and how to, you know, act or how to, Uh, behave whenever we're having those emotions thrown at us. You're a second year student, but your first year was completely different than a traditional first year being online because of COVID. So I hear you saying that this training helped you help them with their emotions. Do you feel like you had some of the similar emotions that they're having? Because it's kind of a first year for y'all all over again. Uh huh. So you're you're saying if I'm having if I had the same emotion starting this year yeah, as if they you, had it. Yeah, because like okay. y'all weren't on campus full time. So were uh-huh. any of those like anxious feelings they might have going on for you? Uh, to be honest, um, and this is speaking from from starting first year and also starting second year, my my excitement and like just me being ready to get into it kind of numbed or like numbed any kind of anxiety I could mm-hmm. be having. I I honestly. And this is gonna sound like I'm like I'm lying, but I obviously was not nerve, almost barely nervous to start first or second year, because I was just like, you know what, man, like I got in, like I know I can do it, I just want to do it, you know what I mean? So, are, are you ever nervous about anything, or is that like maybe your general tone is like I don't get super nervous and anxious? Um, I'm nervous about, you know, I get like text anxiety, and I get mm. like I'm nervous about certain small things, 
but I'm never nervous about the big picture because I know at the end of the day, I can do it. Okay. So like, for example, you know, I have a pharmacology exam coming up Friday <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I was just studying for this podcast and I was getting nervous because I'm like, yo, why am I not remembering any of these drugs? Mm. So I may be nervous for this upcoming test, but I'm not nervous for the semester. I'm not nervous for the year because I know at the end of the day. I'm going to kill it some way or the other. Oh, I love this idea about not being nervous about the big picture. So however you end up getting there, you know you're going to get there. So why yeah. worry about it? Exactly. Ooh, I love exactly. that. I love that. Uh, okay, so we talked about our feelings, understanding our feelings more this summer. Tell me who was like the queen of our summer then. Who really ran the show, do you think? What do you mean? Who ran the show? Like For five, five? facilitator training, who ran it? Well, I feel like if I say not you, I'll no, get it's not me. No, no, really no, 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 not me, not me. No, I'm talking about Brene Brown. Oh, you're talking about Brene. Okay, the okay. queen. For sure. Tell us, because some of the folks on this podcast maybe don't know who she is. Do you yeah. mind telling them like what she's about? Oh, my goodness. Brene Brown <laughs> is this sensational woman who she just she just says some some like deep stuff that you're like, what? I never thought of that. So, like. She has, you know, a Netflix special. Um, she has TED Talks, I believe, mm -hmm. right? She tons has of TED Talks. Tons of TED Talks. She has, um, she has podcasts and whatnot. And she just, she just kind of, she. I think she's a PhD student. Or she already she has a PhD. She is a PhD. Yeah, she's a doctor. She's a licensed social worker. Um, all of her work is based in shame and vulnerability research. So basically, she's a doctor in this, and she just, she just spits out all of these facts that you would have never thought. So like. She's talking about, like, you know, your first instinct is, like, hey, never show these people you're vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like, a zebra in the wild, right? Why would they show the lion that they're vulnerable? Well, that's true. But, yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. But, but then, but then you, you, try to, you try to equivalate um, animal behavior with human behavior. Right. We don't need to do that. Exactly. And it's like, and in this summer, I learned, wait. I should be showing that I'm vulnerable? Nah, I don't, I don't know about all that. And, and then the, the more you listen, you know, at first you, you listen to these things and you're like, nah. And then she keeps talking and she backs up her points and she just talks about all these emotions and, and how it's good to be sad and, and weak at points and, and just kind of step into the arena. Yes. Um, which, which means basically just being vulnerable and, being, and, and not having shame that people know that mm -hmm. you're going through some stuff. Mm -hmm. And that to me was, was crazy because that, I feel like that just helps you face your problems so much with so much ease because you're mm. not actively trying to hide these things Ugh. so i mean it takes a lot of work to be fake yeah it takes a lot of work to push those emotions down and to always seem like we have everything together uh -huh. no one wants to be around someone who seems like they have everything together mm -hmm. that's not relatable so i like to say that Brene brown her special a call to courage which is on netflix still so folks at home if you have netflix account Watch it. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't they watch it? Peep it. Peep it. Go ahead. Peep it. Peep it. Um, That's better. I thank you. I like to say it's stand-up comedy for the soul. Yes. Because she says it in a very funny, relatable way. Mm -hmm. um, when Antonio mentioned going into the arena and being vulnerable, I think people hear vulnerable and they think it makes me look weak. But it's actually strength to be able to say, this is what's going on for me. Here's how I'm working through it. Or even being able to say, I just need a minute. People learn to respect that. You shared with me over the summer, growing up, mm -hmm. none of this that Brene Brown mm -hmm. was talking about was part of you, how you were raised. Will you walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, back to what I was saying, like you first hear what she's saying, and I was like, nah, no way. It, it, she basically rewired the whole the whole way my brain worked when it came to emotions. You know, you're, I, I was raised in Brazil, and you know, and you know, Brazil has a very you know like 
toxic masculinity in um, society. We've gotten better throughout the time, but it's still not there. And, and so you're always, you know, you always thought, hey, like, you're a guy, you're a boy, why are you crying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, that's gross Be stuff. Be a man. Be a man. Like, don't show your, the enemies your weakness, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So hearing... You know, her her say, no, it's good to be vulnerable. That's what courage is. Courage is being vulnerable and courage is having, you know, the courage to, to show, uh, like, others your weaknesses. To me, I was like, that's not what courage means at all. And, and so it was just insane coming into, you know, that, that Netflix special and coming into her podcast with my definition of courageous mm-hmm. and then hearing what it actually should be and what a healthy concept of, of cur- courage is. So I, I thought that was crazy because that, that was completely against all of my instincts. I, so I did one-on-ones with the students all summer. And when Antonio shared this, I was like shocked to hear, you know, a man come out and say, I was able to hear this and accept it when my entire childhood and young adult life was telling me something different. And you shared with me that in high school you had these like angry emotions, but it had been like bottling them yeah, down. Uh-huh. Walk us through that and how like you, you recognized for yourself that it yeah. wasn't okay. I mean, basically my whole life i've always just bottled things in like whenever something made me sad i would kind of just convert that to anger which i always thought it would be easier to bottle it in so you know let's say something something happened and it made me upset it made me sad i would just convert it to anger and i would just bottle it in and and i would always just walk around with kind of kind of like fake positivity because i was just trying to like bury those things deep in and it it always comes out you know i mean it's always going to come out at different times whether it's with your you know, relationship with your family, your friends, if it doesn't matter when and where it, if you bottle things in that pressure, is just going to get the best of you. Mm-hmm. So to, to think, to watch this and yo, crying is so dope. Like <laughs> crying is such a dope thing to do. Mm, tell me more, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but like whenever I cry, yeah. cause I mean, I cry when, whenever <laughs> I cry, I just feel like, yeah, sure. Like I'll have a headache and my throat will be dry. Oh, and, you're having a good cry. Oh, I don't know. Ugly crying. Oh, no. I'm ugly crying, <laughs> ugly crying. Whenever I'm crying, man, I just, as soon as the tears stop, I'm like, you know what? I feel so much better. So much better. And I'm like, damn, damn I've been missing out on this, this whole time. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so pissed. Like I, like I wish I could go back in time and cry more. You know what I mean? <laughs> So that to me was just crazy. I I love that you're you almost have like remorse, <laughs> like tears for not crying yeah. in the past. That's so funny. Um, what kinds of things make you cry? Oh, um, oof. Is it too intense? No, 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 no. Be vulnerable. Step into the arena. I'm gonna be in the arena. I'm gonna <laughs> be in the arena. I mean, honestly, just almost like everything that kind of just um, I don't know, like relationship. Mm. Um, Family like is important to you. Family, yeah, yeah. like. Um, I'm pretty sure there was one time I was, I'll give a, per- a perfect example. Um, it was a happy moment too. I it, I think it was for Christmas. I bought my grandpa, my grandma, and my mom because they're like the most important people in my life. So yeah. one of them, okay. like some of them. And um, I bought them all like gator gear because mm. it, it was before I started first year for um for vet school. And okay. it was after I already knew that I got in. But did they not know? For, no, they knew. They, okay, knew, they knew. Okay, okay. Um, and it was happy. And I just started bawling my eyes because like, <laughs> I was like, hey, like, you know, everything that's good in my life, like, Sharing it with you guys means everything oh, to me, that's so and I just nice. start bawling my eyes out. So, it, like, honestly, anything that has to do with like sentiment mm. makes me want to cry. Yeah, I mean, I can empathize. I am a crier yeah. myself, and so I, I get it. Did they cry too? Yeah, oh, 100 percent. My my grandpa. So I think this is where I get this whole thing from. My grandpa, growing up, he was super hard. Like he was mm. super like, mm. I was scared of him when I was when I was a kid. I yeah. was scared of him, but he is the most emotional guy I've ever met in my life. Why did he change? 
he, he thought that he changed this that when I was little, like obviously like, you know, I didn't have a father growing up. So whenever I got in trouble and my mom saw that like I needed like a like a mm. man's like mm. kind of like sternness and like a man's like punishment, consequence, whatever, yeah. he was the one that, to give it to me. So I was like I always kind of like associated him with getting in trouble almost. So he he was scary to me. But like growing up now and, and me not having to get yelled at anymore because I'm grown. Sure. Um, I'm like, yeah. you're emotional. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where I get it from. Oh, that's so, so nice. Yeah, so they all cried. That's a short, that's a short, short. they all cried. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about, you and I have talked about professionalism uh-huh. and what why don't you just tell him how how did we get on that topic? Because I've always had such, and I don't want to say hate, but I had such a strong disagreement with what society or what people deem professional and not professional. Like I always thought that like whenever you know jobs or schools or wherever you go, whenever they tell you, hey be professional, I always thought like oh like they they mean like don't be yourself. Mm. Hey like like I like act like a mild Antonio, you know what I mean? Mm. But there's no such thing as a mild Antonio, you know what I mean? It's, so I'm not gonna, so I hated like the the whole thing of professionalism because it's like, hey, you can't talk like this, you can't, you can't act like this, you can't be this playful, like, and mm. that's the thing with me is like, I'll get work done and I'll be respectful and I'll do whatever my higher ups tell me to do, but I want to have fun while I do it. Absolutely. And, and to me, professionalism always meant like the opposite of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because Five taught me that it's not really that way and that there's different ways to be professional while still not changing who you are. So that's what I, that's like one of the things that I'm, that I really liked about Five is how it taught me like, hey, be, you know, be respectful, be punctual, Mm -hmm. be all these things that I was already, I think pretty good at, but be yourself, man. Like don't, don't stress about the little things. Don't stress about your vocabulary, the way you speak, Mm because that would that would like just upset me. It's just me like thinking that I have to talk differently. Right. Yeah. So it's hard, you know, students, you're going to join professional school. That's what we call veterinary school, medical school, dental school, because it's a profession. It's training you for a career specifically. And professionalism is something we throw around a lot. Uh You know, how to be professional, be professional, be professional. But no one ever tells you like how to be professional. It's just be professional. And what we talked about is professionalism is kind of like based on the career that you're in. So like if you are a, um, let's say you're a gymnast, your the, what you wear to work is completely different than mm-hmm. what a doctor is going to wear to work. No mm-hmm. gymnast is going to walk into the stadium wearing scrubs. No student is going to walk into surgery wearing a unitard. So you kind of first have to step back and say, what is professional for the field I'm going into? What do I wear? Um, what, like ethically, what's expected, those kinds of things. But then when it comes to little nuances about personal behavior, how you talk, um, how you interact with your peers, that kind of depends on who you're around. So you can still be yourself. And what I was telling the students during orientation is you want to apply to positions that value your characteristics. And a lot of clinics really do look for fun and personality and people Uh who can be themselves. And if it's a clinic that doesn't value that, it's not the right clinic Uh for, for that student. So... Yeah, it's not really about being super buttoned up. It might be if you're speaking to if you're speaking yeah. to, you know, a crowd that expects that, you can do that yeah, for that for sure. hour. For sure. You can do that for that hour. But if you are on the daily in a clinic that values fun, like that's how for you sure. should be. I think what I took from professionalism is you can still be yourself, mm-hmm. but just be diff- like just tone it down or like kind of like for example, right? Um I'm not going to go up to a clinician and be like, "Hey, what's popping my G?" You know what I mean? <laughs> But I'm also not going to be like... Peep this. Peep this, G. Peep, peep, peep this, like, 
this like intestine cool juice. Cool suture. Yeah. That's dope, man. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be Unless that. you get to know them and they're like that. Unless, yeah. But not the first meeting. Not, definitely not the first meeting. Good. Definitely. <laughs> but I'm definitely not that. But I'm also not gonna be like I'm also not gonna go up to someone and be like, how how's it do, my fellow sir or ma'am? Like, you know what I mean? I'm also not gonna <laughs> do that. You're not gonna be a robot. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just gonna find the sweet middle between that. What is up, fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not gonna exactly. Well, that's just fake. Yeah, that's fake, and a lot of people are not gonna like that. Exactly. So I mean, there are just, it, it depends on the culture you're from. It, yeah, it really does because in the United States, I mean, COVID, you know, thinking not thinking about COVID, but like shaking hands uh-huh. is what's gonna be expected in the United States. But if I'm in Brazil, it's probably more expected to like kiss on the cheek. Oh, I wouldn't kiss. I wouldn't kiss a clinician on the cheek. But mm, no, you're yeah, right. Not a, but, but, but not even in Brazil. Nah, in, like, nah, nah, nah. Like in Brazil, like we do. It might be more casual. We're, def- that's, that's we're casual. definitely, we're, we're definitely more liberal with the cheek kisses. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we would do it in an office. Okay, okay. That okay. that could be like an HR like trip if you did that. <laughs> I think. So we've talked about emotions. Uh-huh. We've talked about being vulnerable. Yes. We've talked about understanding professionalism a little bit, communication mm-hmm. skills. Tell my audience who are pre-vet students uh-huh. and probably some of your classmates listening in. Let's go. Um, tell them wh- how all of this training relates to veterinary medicine. Because we're not talking about science right now. We're not talking about surgical techniques. We're not talking about pathology. So why does it even matter if you can be empathetic? Oh, okay. That's a good one. Right, I'm going to wrap them really quick. Oh, Just tight, talk. Tight, I'm, tight, I'm kidding. Tight, I'm tight. kidding. Okay. Right, um, b- basically, I, I feel like a huge, huge misconception of vet med and and it's it truly baffles me that it still goes on today, is that hey I'm gonna be working with cats and dogs and animals I don't gotta talk to humans, and I swear to God if you say that in your interview that's you're out what are you doing you're man? out you know what I mean so so I think these are su- these are super relevant to vet med because like my guy like the pet didn't drive itself to the clinic you know it what I mean certainly did not so it's like you need to explain to the owner how to give your dog the medicine mm. it needs yes. you, so it's like. It's all about it's all about communication with humans, mm-hmm. and then you know, th- the, I think the the perfect example is euthanasia, right? Mm-hmm. Never a fun time, um, and you need to you need to talk like after you just you know killed this person's pet in mm-hmm. front of them, right. which doesn't sound pretty, but that's the truth of it. You're right. killing a pet in front of the, the owner. Right. After you do that, you have to like have the basic skills to be like, hey. I'm, like I know, like I know what you're going through. Like this is something that like the job entails, which mm-hmm. is really sad. Mm-hmm. But you need to know how to communicate to the, to the human, and kind of like, like, and, and kind of just like forget that you're the doctor and that you're just another human being with this other human being in the room. Right. And and I think that's super important because if you don't have, if if you're not able to kind of empathize with with people mm-hmm. and you're not able to communicate and actually portray the emotions that you need to be portraying mm-hmm. at that time, you're you're not going to be successful. Which sounds harsh. But that's just the way it is. Like you, you gotta, you gotta communicate with humans, and and there's gonna be really fun times, and there's there's gonna be really not fun times. Right. And it's all about. So that's what this is entails. Everything. Absolutely. I mean, that's ex- the perfect explanation for why we need to do this, because each pet is coming attached with a client. Each lab that you're in includes other humans that you're working mm-hmm. with. Each government facility that you're in means you need to communicate with somebody. That's why this training is so important. Being able to recognize your feelings, identify those feelings, work through those feelings, accept those feelings is critical, not just for veterinarians, but vet school as well. Uh-huh. Since, so, like you said, so many emotions are going on yes. all the time. It's intense. Mm-hmm. And if you can manage your emotions, let us let me use I terms. Okay. If I can manage my emotions, uh-huh. I can manage my school schedule. I can manage studying. I can manage being on the exec board. 
that's going to come a lot easier than bottling things up. I hope. Agree. 100%. We've come to the part of the podcast where you're going to help me understand hip language. Oh, God. So um, basically, if you can't tell, Antonio is a little bit more tuned into what's cool with, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the folks. Multiple times this summer, I had to privately message people asking them what something means or I had to Google it. So I'm going to say a word that okay. I've heard, and I'd love for you to help me understand it a little bit better. Okay. Okay. First thing I want to know, what is the difference between slaps and smacks? People are like, that slaps or that smacks. No one says that smacks. Literally, I heard it last week that that smacks. Maybe if, if you're talking about like food. That's like, what oh, they, that's it was food. Right now. It was yeah, food. Yeah. I've never been a fan of the, the term smacking. Uh -huh. I always like slapped better. Okay. You can use it just more. Um, well, tell us what they both mean. Well, I, they both, they're both synonyms. Okay. Um, I've never used smacks because I think it just sounded dumb. And it, I, I, from what I always thought believed is that people try to being different from using slaps and then they turn into smacks. Oh, interesting. I think it's is that a dumb. hot take? I think it's a hot take. I think if you use smacks, it's because you're trying to be different and you're not trying and <laughs> you just and you just want to be different. No, but I think slapped and smacks means the same thing. And it slapped means it's is, it's great. It's good. Like oh, it slaps. Like this is like the song slaps. This like this food slaps. Mm -hmm. it, it's just good. Okay. Okay. And then, so then, how is that different than gas? Gas is like basically like fire. Like, oh, this is gas. Like, this is this is fire. Like, slaps is like this slaps right now. Yeah. It's like you're eating. Like, let's say I'm eating like yeah. just like a fat burger. Like, I've been hungry all day. Fat, does a fat burger mean it's it's actually? Thick? It's actually fat, like a big burger. Big yeah, burger. It's like a fat burger. It's a yeah. Fat burger. A fat burger. Okay. <laughs> so I'm using I'm eating this fat burger with a ph phat. Now, as a, we talked about professionalism, will you use these terms on clinics? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely with definitely with my um with like my peers for mm -hmm, sure. Mm -hmm. Um and it depends on the clinician to be honest. Like if the clinician's amazing just did like a total ankle replacement. Yeah. I'm gonna be like that was fire. That was fire. But we wouldn't say or that like, that slaps. No, that no 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 that doesn't slap because it, it it's, we didn't not, eat, it's not we happening didn't to eat you. The ankle. It's not, we oh. did not eat the ankle. Okay, yeah, that's okay. very frowned upon in vet med. <laughs> um because um, the thing with me is I think not like slang is just like it's more efficient to me to, to communicate. Are you you think this this is efficient right now? When you I know have to have you translate this for me. When you know what it means, it's efficient. It's just how is it more efficient than saying this is very good? Because that doesn't sound as genuine as like oh my god, slap. In your opinion. In my opinion, yeah, my humble opinion. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. Do you like that we've spent more time on slang than on empathy and vulnerability? hundred percent. <laughs> words do you think I'm missing? Or do you have any words that I haven't said that I should guess what they mean? Oh, that's, that's a fun one. Um, okay, I've been using, so okay, this one is an oldie but a good, goldie. Okay, oldie I, I but a goldie, that's how it goes. Oldie but a goodie. But a goodie. A goodie. That doesn't rhyme though, oldie, goodie. Okay, green. Okay, so for me, when uh -huh. someone says something is green, it means they're new. So like when we're in the when I'm in the studio uh -huh. and the, like a new journalist comes out, we're like they're green, like they're brand new, they don't know what they're doing. No way. That's what green means. Really. And I will say to anybody who is my age or older, that would be what green means to them. Really. What does green mean? Well, we're, we're, wait, for, for, I'll okay, ask so, the questions. Okay, right okay, now. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just, I'm just no, 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 you're right. Um, so where I should. Where guess, did you learn that? No, no. Where did you learn that green means that? I don't think I. I think I've just heard it so much, and that's what we. Because it's when you think of like green grass, like it's new, like springtime. Green, oh. everything green is new. So you're like, oh, they're green, or you say like they're wet behind the ears. That means they're new, like they don't know what's going on. Oh wow, no, green 
in, in my Wait, should I guess what I think in your dictionary is yeah. different? Do you want me to use it in a sentence? Would oh, my help God, me? yes. Okay, so let's say um, let, let's say we're, we're just talking about something that someone did wrong to you, right? Oh. And I'm like, damn, it's green. <gasps> oh. Like, they're green. Ooh. You know what I mean? Okay. If they just, they're green. Um, I mean, I guess green represents envy, so, like, they're evil? Yeah, like, bad, like, yeah, so let's say, like, let's say, um, let's say you're in a room, right? And yeah. you're like, hey, should I just, should I just steal this person's snacks really quick while they're gone? Oh, my God. I'm like, that's green. Don't do that. I like, have it's, never it's heard up. that. It's messed up. Now, let me switch, flip the script, okay. as one might say, on you. Okay. Where uh-huh. did you learn that green meant bad? Where is that coming from? This is what's driving me nuts about this generation. Uh-huh. You're taking things that make no sense. I explained <laughs> to you how green meant new. Springtime, things are new. How does green mean bad? Honestly, the the thing the thing that I think it's it's the reason why I speak the way I speak mm. is because when I came from Brazil, I didn't I didn't speak a lick of English. I didn't speak any English, and the school that I went to didn't have an ESOL program. Uh-huh. Um, so they were they were basically just like, hey, figure it out, man. Like I don't know what to tell you. So here here was you know ten year old me didn't speak a lick of English, and so what I learned English through like like rap and like through my friends and the people that I hung out with so like to me the first the first words that I learned were slang so like a lot of times like those slings come before that what the word actually is so like I just learned green like I just remember being like in the playground I think it was like middle school maybe and they were they were people were just saying oh that's green and I'm like what does that mean and they're like oh it means like bad messed up so like to me like that always just meant like it just it's just like my first language, you know what I mean? I could start crying. That is such a good story. <laughs> that makes this whole slang definition time so much more valuable. It's just it's it's what I feel comfortable speaking like. If I I feel like and another reason we're going to get a little bit deeper here. Please. Uh, another reason why I always hated professionalism is because I always thought that I couldn't speak the way that I learned English to speak and so I would always get tripped up and stutter and I would always not be comfortable in the environment that I was because it doesn't come naturally to me. You know, the 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 stereotypical professional conversation doesn't come naturally to me. Slang comes naturally to me. So anytime people would be like, hey, you know, act right, I, I would try to like, you know, speak, you know, this like high English that like I didn't learn mm-hmm. the fir- my first time around this country. Yeah. So it just I would sound phony, I would sound like I was nervous, I would stutter. So that's why it's it's such an important thing to me to, to you know, <sighs> drop drop the bomb on you just now. Ooh, I love it. Here's how I'm relating to what you're saying. Uh huh. If it is so important for folks to share their stories, mm-hmm. because if someone didn't know you, they might hear slang. Yeah. In air quotes, and might assume different things mm-hmm. about yeah. why you use it. And then you share that story and it's like, oh my God, totally understand why you would use slang and why you're comfortable with it. Yeah, it's just... That happens so, so often where people are misunderstood and then the second they share a story about why they are the way they are or where they came from and it helps diffuse so much like hypocrisy, systemic issues. I mean, not, not 100%, but it helps the people in the room completely like understand that person yeah so i would encourage folks at home if you have stories that help others understand you more get in the arena and share them get into that arena and now that antonio has shared this story the next time you hear someone using slang you might be able to be like they might be using it because that was their first language yeah that's the language they're comfortable with and that my friends is an example of cultural competency Mm -hmm. culture is not always 
I was born in Brazil or I was born in Europe, you know, wherever it's, there's culture just like in our small little areas, our communities, you don't know the culture of somebody's background or how they grew up until they share it with you. So thank you so much for sharing that. That was a really, really impactful story. Thank you. I appreciate it. What advice do they need to hear from you if they could hear one thing? Oh man, let let me sing to you guys really quick. Um, So many people, you know, so many people are going to tell you like, whether it's vet school students, whether it's veterinarians, whether it's people that don't even know anything about vet med, people are going to be like, oh, vet med is so hard. Oh, veterinary school is insanely hard. You're going to have no time for yourself. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to that stuff, man. Like, like I, so many people have like not tried to not on purpose to try to scare me telling me how hard vet school is i mean it's not easy like i'm not gonna say it's easy it is i mean kind of hard but like don't don't listen to that don't be stressed about it like to to, to like an extent like, that you can't even handle it you know what i mean it's like have fun with it you know don't don't let people discourage you obviously it's gonna be hard but you're not gonna you're still gonna have a social life. You're still gonna have fun. You're still gonna have things like hobbies and time to do things. I think that to me is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to the profession. Is people just trying to talk like how like that vet school like takes over your life. You you can still do almost everything you want to do. Like I'm not saying you can't. You probably can't travel to you know to Europe. You know like you on, did on a this Tuesday. Summer. Hence summer. <laughs> Keyword summer. You know what I mean. Enjoy. Oh, enjoy that summer after your first year, th- that's what I did. I worked for like two weeks maybe just to get some money. And then I enjoyed my summer because that's the last summer you're gonna have to actually have like a three month like traditional, you're a kid summer, that's you know it. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, man, enjoy that. You're gonna be working the rest of your life, have some fun. I agree, I agree with both piece of advice. Well, I wanna thank Antonio for dropping this knowledge on us. That was right, right? Dropping knowledge? Dropping the knowledge. Dropping, dropping knowledge. facts. Yeah. Dropping facts, dropping facts, no cap. Um, okay. It was great to hear from a, a perspective of someone who grew up in a culture that would maybe not love how you're experiencing your emotions now, but you are embracing them. Embracing them yeah. You have stepped into the podcast arena today mm-hmm. to help us remember that being vulnerable is actually a huge strength and that everyone should find what professionalism means to them and where they will fit in and feel comfortable in their future career because they will enjoy it so much more, just as much as they can enjoy their veterinary school experience. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for dealing with my shenanigans. It was my pleasure. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.